Welcome back to another episode of the Hitchcock Minute. Each week, Movies by Minutes hosts examine the 1959 Alfred Hitchcock-directed thriller North by Northwest, one minute of screen time per episode. I'm your host, Travis Bowe from Watchmen Minute. And I'm Eric Nash from Almost Famous Minute. I'm Steve Lasto from Hailing Frequencies Reopened. Welcome, Steve. How are you? Good. How are you guys doing? Oh, not too bad. Good. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. We're here for Minute 87, which starts with the auctioneer continuing to take bids on a pair of chairs and ends with Roger asking for the name of his enemy. And and we're coming out of what we saw, what we finished last uh, episode on, yesterday's episode with, uh, you know, the, the back of, of uh, Eve's head and, mm. and uh, Van Damme uh, caressing, caressing her and <laughs> yeah. doing these interesting things. When you find out that... It's it's much less of an intimate setting as you might yeah, think right. because you know the camera pulls back and starts to uh, pan to the right and it's just a a crowded room rows and rows of chairs and you know but but here are these three um, I don't know why they get to sit on the yeah. on like furniture on the desks or whatever they're sitting on you know I don't know what what makes them so special. Um, so it's kind of odd that not only is he just in the creepiest fashion, you know. It, it reminds me of the, the 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 Queen's special seating in, in Naked mm. Gun at the ball at the baseball game. <laughs> but yeah, they have they have this little special section here. They seem to be in off to the side, or just not not really not heavily off to the side, but just a little bit. Yeah, Hitchcock gets a lot of mileage with the the hand on Eve Kendall's shoulder. Mm-hmm. Um, at yeah, at close glance, it seems pretty menacing. <laughs> Yeah, but before that, in the wide shot, there's more of a caress going on, and then I, I think it's the maybe it's at the end of this minute or the next minute. You know, he then sort of removes the hand when um when he finds out some new information. Um, I feel like that's the next pr- minute. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty cool because it's like a subtle thing, but there's a lot going on there, and it's all part of mm-hmm. that that great sort of wide entrance shot. Yeah, I just noticed as as the camera pans away from the three of them, and and it they're like the last second that they're actually on f- in, in the frame, his hand moves to like the back of her head, like mm-hmm. kind of cr- touching her hair, which, you know, in any other situation, it might, it may seem completely innocent and, and fine, but just he's got this hold over her that just feels very predatory. So a nice man. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we're hearing the auctioneer, and most of what he's saying, I mean, just a, a lot of stuff involving the prices and so forth. Mm-hmm. But he does get to this the, this next item that one gets finished bidding on. Mm-hmm. But then uh, gets to this next item, this Aubusson settee. Yeah. So it's so it's it's a uh, it's French and and settee. If you're not too familiar, I mean. I certainly know it better by its other name, and and as like as a kid, my parents and I we certainly had one around a, a love seat, mm-hmm. you know, a two seater, <laughs> kind of yeah, sofa like, <laughs> couch like uh, piece of furniture. Yeah. So we go from the two chairs to <laughs> the one the one combined, <laughs> two person. Yeah, I did a little bit more looking into the the items that were for auction in in last 
uh, a couple, I guess it's still, oh, yeah. it's still these two sure. chairs that we first see. Yeah. Right. Um, so I looked that up on eBay and you can get a, uh, uh, this antique French, uh, Louis the 16th style Fauteuil armchair in Damask, uh, Damask silk. Uh, you can get one for $2,500, buy it now. So I think I heard uh, Jim O'Kane say that he would go in halfsies with anybody that wanted to, <laughs> to do that. So act now. I think these go for, what, 450 I think, for the pair? Yeah, that, yeah, that seems right. So That's $1,960. Yeah, to, to, to Mr. Stone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. $4,000, $5,000 now, I guess. Mm-hmm. There's a funny... Uh, I guess in the process of bidding, it goes uh, 400 by the little lady. Thank you, sir. Just an odd, uh, I guess, a, mm. a man bid right after the little lady. And so it just sounds like he's saying thank you, sir, to the little lady. So that was funny. Um, and then he says, can I say 500? Which I thought, no, you can't bid on your own auction. <laughs> <laughs> He's definitely not the the stereotypical um, auctioneer. Mm-mm. No, um, much no, more yeah, it's, subdued. It's much, yeah, well, and kind of grander in a sense, mm-hmm. maybe. They're more high society versus what yeah. I think a lot of people think of the fast talking. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Were you guys Were you guys surprised? Um, have you had you guys seen this movie before doing the podcast? I saw it once, bef- right before getting you know getting prepared for the podcast. And I and I'd probably seen it a few times prior, over many years. So I'd never seen it before uh, before a couple of days ago, and I was I was surprised when we just ended up in an auction house. Mm-hmm. Like going from the hotel room to the auction house felt like a very like oh, <laughs> I didn't see that coming at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we don't see Roger until uh, I think it's like about twenty five seconds into this minute. You know, once we get kind of we're still hearing a lot of the auctioneer. Uh, speak and all that stuff and but once we see him he just has this look on his face as he kind of spots eve and and the two men that she's with and begins to walk over and there's there's a real menace to the way that he walks over to him and the camera changes and we're focusing on eve and van damme and, and leonard and then you just see roger coming up and he he has that look of a man who's either going to kill them right then and there or i don't know i just i really like the 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 way they play it just how it's how quiet it is and you're just not sure what roger's gonna do as the movie goes on he becomes it's it's kind of quietly unhinged is how i would describe it mm-hmm. you know it's it's not like he ever goes he ever becomes fully you know i mean a lot of hitchcock movies have characters that really go mad over the course of the movie he never quite does that but he you know, for somebody who's not used to this sort of thing, his agitation level and his emotional level cert- definitely go up. And certainly um, in terms of how he talks about Eve, mm-hmm. um, he's suddenly showing a lot of um, hostility. Yeah. You know, Cary Grant is 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 sort of I, I've only seen Cary Grant in a number of movies. Mm-hmm. He's 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 fun at like all aspects of his career. Um, my favorite Cary Grant movie is actually um, The Philadelphia Story with Jimmy Stewart. Okay. Which I think is like a 1940-ish movie. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I've probably seen it once. I think. A big. I had a big Jimmy Stewart phase in my um, earlier life. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm definitely more familiar with Jimmy Stewart, but but uh, both of them have have this uh, crazy uh, 
in the pop culture, uh, you know, people doing impersonations of of them and stuff. So they've they've I think they've hung around a lot because of that. You know, into the '80s, say, you know, with Danny Carvey and so forth. <laughs> yeah. Um. So a, a little pop culture reference that he says then is, you know, he's, at first he says the three of you together, then he says, now that's a picture only Charles Adams could draw. Yeah. So Charles Adams, is, you know, and I'm definitely familiar with. I've seen. I haven't really gone out and looked at a lot of cartoons of his, comic, you know, comic strips, panels of his. But um, you know, I mean, he's the he's the creator of the Adams family. Yeah, which uh, which definitely as a kid for myself, I I knew from the TV show, and then mm. when I was kind of getting out of <laughs> uh, being a kid is when uh, the first the first of the couple uh, movies yeah. came out, and I certainly enjoyed the first one, but I was kind of almost a little bit too old <laughs> when the <laughs> second one I think came out. So yeah, I did, I knew that he was famous for those cartoons or for the Adams mm. Family. I didn't know that the work, you know that he did went back to like 1942 okay. you know he did these books uh, i think his first one was drawn and quartered and then he did one called adams and evil and i'm not sure which one, in which one but um the adams family like characters would pop up in those books yeah. um mm. just as you know like the book itself wasn't and here's the collection of adams family it was just a, one in a series of you know cartoons that he would draw in his his were very much like, I mean, he would get published in the New Yorker. So they were very yeah. much mm-hmm. just the single panel with a caption underneath. So it might be, I saw one that was a kind of the Adams family center, uh, sitting around the dinner table. And uh, what we know is, or who we know as Lurch, you know, is presenting them with a, a tray with like a two headed pig on it, you know. <laughs> um, so just a very like, you know, looking at it now, it they're very tame. Um, yeah, right. They're it's almost like uh, the family circus with a just a slight darkness to it. Um, but I'm sure at the time they were probably regarded as as very macabre and risque. And but it, I didn't, yeah, didn't know that the Adams family went back that far, or that you know Charles Adams was cartooning uh, back in the '40s. I like I like what he's implying though about. You know, yeah. this, the, the three of them, it, they're so sinister that only Charles Adams could, could, uh, you know, draw them. I like that. You can easily see Martin Landau's character here appearing <laughs> yeah. in the Adams yeah. family. I mean, that's for like, sure. Well, yeah, he's, he's, he's the lurch of the, of the three. I'd say even, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, James Mason could, could pass as a, as a Gomez. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure about Ms. Uh, Ms. Kendall, but. Um, I want to go back when the auctioneer is talking about this Aubusson settee. Oh, yeah. Um, sure. Like uh, like Eric said, it, it is a French. Uh, it, it, I guess it's like a region in France, maybe. Uh, but yeah, here I, I saw it, cent- central France. Yeah, here it's yeah. Uh, it's kind of re- re- referring to the or the fabric that it this uh, mm-hmm. settee is upholstered with, and it seems to um, like an Aubusson fabric or you can have tapestries or rugs but it's it centers around like a one main um, image or it can be like a pattern it can be a, a not really a pattern it could be like a floral design or sometimes even like a landscape almost like a, a picture so if you see that the love seat that we see here it's got kind of this big floral shape in the center and then it's got two smaller floral complements on on either side and then 
like if it had a you know chairs that went with it they would also have that same uh detail on it so it's it's less about like a a repeating fabric or pattern of you know stripes or small shapes or whatever it's all about like this one image that Hmm. everything else kind of takes uh uses that detail and and so just a very you know elegant sort of design that makes sense that they would be auctioning in this type of uh setting so and it it certainly is uh fetching a lot more than the uh fatui did Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, the the pair of chairs, you yeah. know, and I, I assume it's a four hundred fifty for both, not each. Yeah, I think yeah, I <laughs> think know? it was a pair, yeah. So and we're we're at selling at one thousand is what uh, mm-hmm. he ends up doing when it cuts out and and uh, has a uh, Roger. Yeah, we get to hear Roger then. I had a client years ago who owned a um, antique shop in Manhattan, like an antique furniture store. Um, Carl Camp Antiques. Um, I don't know if Carl's still alive, but they had a a massive store full of this, this type of stuff. Hmm. And I never understood why people would buy it. It was all horribly uncomfortable. <laughs> um, way too small for like, you know, modern American bodies. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I'm, I mean, I understand collecting and things like that, but this, I just don't know why anyone would want to give up so much of their home to this chair or this couch, this settee. settee. Yeah. But there is a whole world where antique furniture collecting is a, is a thing. Um, and there's like even a district in New York and in, in lower on lower um, like in Greenwich Village where there's a whole where these stores sort of thrive. Um, yeah. I mean, to me, this is just like this is just something ugly my mom would like. Yeah. Yeah. Reminds me of my grandmother. You know, the furniture she used to have. I mean, it wasn't as like ornate as this stuff, but just the the floral kind of pattern and that, that, that sort of thing is very old fashioned. Um, the last thing I'd like to mention about, uh, you know, the, 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 the first time Roger speaks here mm. that, uh, you know, with Charles Adams, that that's a, you know, and you were mentioning 1942. So that's a matter of, to me, it kind of relates to, uh, like, if some one of us were saying, trying to, you know, throwing out a reference to Tim Burton mm. today, you know, kind of that <laughs> macabre okay. style yeah. as well. It's, it's pretty similar, you know, just, uh, but, yeah, but in movies, that's not a good, cartoons, but it's a good comparison. Yeah. Yeah, and really the the reason, uh, kind of the the thing I wanted to to find out when I was looking into the Charles Adams stuff, I wasn't sure in 1959 what he would be referring to because I I didn't think that the the, the TV show certainly yeah, right. didn't it think had. that was around at that point. But I I knew mm-hmm. uh, I knew that the Adams family had been in you know newspaper comic strips, so that's probably what he's referring to. Those I think had been popular from like 57 to 59 um mm-hmm. he may be referring more to the older books and stuff but i like the i like the idea of you know the tim burton connection now that it would be a fitting similar kind of uh, reference mm-hmm. about 15 seconds of of research into <laughs> charles adams and um Charles Adams lived in a state in Sagabon, Saga. I'm sorry, I can't get it right. Saga, 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 I can't say it. Um, Saga Ponak, <laughs> which is one of these Indian, Indian named um, New York state places that I've been chewing up and spitting out wrong my entire life. Sure. Um, I grew up in a place called Massapequa, which nobody can get right. <laughs> anyway, he had an estate out there, which he called the Swamp. And um, when he died, he had a heart attack in New York City. 
he um he requested his ashes were buried in the in in the pet cemetery on the estate <laughs> which to me is a fitting um tim burton-esque or neil yeah. gaiman-esque yeah. sort of yeah you know way of going about your burial <laughs> yeah i want to leave a lasting creepy <laughs> kind of kind of idea with people if you're gonna if you're gonna go goth for your entire mm. life you really got to commit to it yeah that's great uh so then uh van damme says back to you know back to uh thornhill roger thornhill uh he says uh, good evening mr kaplan and roger's response to that is, is before we start calling each other's each other names and so i mean there's this kind of weird weirdness to that that i think is interesting it's it's that it seems to me it's like it's you know when a lot of people talk about calling each other names, I mean you're talking about bad names. Mm. But what he's what he's really referring to is the name the name Kaplan, and that it's a wrong name to yeah. him, yeah. to Thornhill. He's saying, "Don't call me by the wrong name." It's a nice uh, little callback to the yeah. the thing that got this whole thing started was that he mm-hmm. he oh, yeah. st- what stood up and waved his hand at the wrong time when right. when. One, you know, someone uh, mistook him, him, him as yeah. being Kaplan. So, this whole thing, you know, got started because of uh, the wrong name. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're actually recording this after the <laughs> brunt of the of the podcast has already been airing, and and the stuff that I've heard, I've mm. heard some people talk about how in first viewings they kind of missed missed that. Oh, and okay. whether, my my first viewing was so long ago mm. that you know I, I'm not sure one way or the other, but. But uh, I definitely picked up I on can, it after a couple. I of completely few, missed few that. Mm. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, that that this uh, little mistaken coincidence type thing that happens. Mm. It's uh, that's what leads us down this whole path. Yeah. If that if that one little thing didn't happen, then we wouldn't really have a story. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing how calm he is here. Oh, I know. Yeah. I mean, it's great. <laughs> hmm. Um. Does anybody have anything else? Um, just that he's still looking for, you know, he 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 knows that Van Dam isn't Van Dam, yeah. or he doesn't know that he's Van Dam yet. He thinks he's Townsend, or he is. He knows he's not Townsend, but for a while he thought he was Townsend. Right. He was introduced as Townsend, so uh, he's just saying, uh, you know, he'd, he'd like him to tell him his name. Yeah, I guess because we have the script that says Philip Van Dam. Like we have yeah. information that Roger doesn't even have at this point. I don't believe yeah. he's heard the name Van Dam anywhere. Yeah, quite positive. But I think that, that but that leads us right into uh, next minute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, unless you have something else, Steve, for this one, good. Yeah. Uh, why don't you tell everyone where they can find you, Steve? Yeah. Oh dear. Okay. So my movies by minutes projects. Um, I'm very proud to have done the Princess Bride with Jonathan Carlyle, who is famous in this community, of course. Yes. Um, and we wrapped that a long time ago now. Long time. Um, I also did X. I also did X minutes. Um. And I think you can find both of them on in. Well, you can definitely find the Princess Bride in its own Twitter feed. The X Minutes Twitter feed um, just became the um, Hailing Frequencies reopened Twitter, not Twitter feed, um, podcast feed. Um, Hailing Frequencies reopened um, podcast feed. Um, Hailing Frequencies reopened. We're going. We're going back to the next generation, Star Trek Next Generation, and going. Me and my friend James Moore are going. Um, going over it. One um, one episode at a time. Nice. Uh, really, just a fun thing to do during the Corona apocalypse. <laughs> and I apologize for not having my spiel down. I haven't done this in a while. Nice. Have to check that out. Yeah. Yes. I, I I feel you'll get an invitation to the Facebook group. Okay. <laughs> 
Well, all right, listeners, you can find the, the Hitchcock Minute podcast on Apple Podcasts and Google Play or over at the main site, HitchcockMinute.com. Um, we're also available on Facebook at The Man on Washington's Nose and on Twitter at Hitchcock Minute. But we will be back tomorrow for Minute 88. So until then, I don't know, stay out of trouble. Goodbye, Mr. Thornhill, wherever you are.